from Studio 67 in Florida's Capital County. It's time to be fackish. Access granted. Good people, how you doing? We are back, first Friday, second season of Fackish. And you know what? I'm looking at Jeff and Milan and Shiloh. I am already pissed off. These guys have really pissed me off already early in 2022. So we're going to see what's going to happen. But let's do how we always do. Let's go ahead and get into this roll call. I'll introduce the folks. And folks, question of the day is, what's our New Year's resolution? So I'm going to start here in studio. Jeff. Hey, Evan. I'm doing great. It's good to be back this year. My, my, it's Jeff Scala, Associate Director of Public Policy, handling environment, ag, water, and of course, all things broadband, 10 technology. My New Year's resolution is just stay happy and healthy. I got a wedding coming up after session. I got to be ready to go. Yeah, the, the goal should be make it to the wedding, right? Yes, sir. All right. And session in between, right? Getting married. I'll help you out. I'll talk to Sarah. Okay. I might need that. All right. All right, next up, we got Coach Clayton. How you doing? I am doing well, Devin. I am the public policy coordinator for the pub team. My New Year's resolution would be to go into Target and to actually follow what's on my list instead of Target telling me what I need to get from Target. Yeah, yeah. You know, write the list. I know you're a little young. You're younger. We used to write lists on a piece of paper. That way, no pop-ups on my phone or the emails. Just write the list on a piece of paper. Take off the Apple Watch. Just go in. Out. Right? Yeah, that's... So, Milan. Yes. Get the target at Target. (laughs) It's 2022, and Bob is back. B.O.B. Just go ahead and introduce yourself, Bob. I am Bob McKee. I am the Deputy Director of Public Policy. I get angry if you say my first name backwards, so don't do it. The uh, my New Year's resolution is to watch or listen, depending upon what's available, every single Braves game this year. Yeah, I'm going to dock your pay, too, if you do that during the work hours. Bob, B-O-B, it's good to have you back in 2022. All right. The best deputy in the whole wide world. All right. We got a new face in the place. Her name is Shiloh McPherson. How you doing, Shiloh? I'm doing good. Happy to be here. All right. Now, I know you're new here. You got a resolution for the new year? Absolutely. My re- New Year's resolution is to read more. All right. Yeah, no, hey, we can take care of that. We got oh, you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, you're going to be reading a lot of bills <laughs> no, this No, anything besides bills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And last but not least today, my man from South Florida, Eddie. How you doing, sir? Um, excellent, Devin. Thank you. It's uh, great to be uh, back up in Tallahassee for the session. Uh, and uh, good to continue lawyering for the pub team. So it's good. And my New Year's resolution is world peace. World peace. Yeah. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Who's in charge? We'll put Bob in charge of that, right? <laughs> He can work on that after he watches all the Braves games. So. I'll get a piece of that. <laughs> all right. It's good to have everybody back. Um, next week, Sarah will be back in place. She's at NACO, but she's still here. And in two weeks, we might have a surprise for everybody. 
But, you know, let's go ahead and get into the show a little bit. Last year, this was my favorite segment. This year, I don't know, because we got rid of some old ones. We got some new ones. Milan's got a surprise for us later. But, Jeff, I'm going to give Shiloh a shot. You think she can handle it? She's going to take it. All right. We're going to see what's going to happen here. All right. Shiloh, do you know what time it is? What time is it, Davin? It's about to go down. All right, so here's the rundown. Two bills regarding pet regulation advanced in Senate chambers, including Senate Bill 994, Pet Protection by Senator Diaz, passed in the Regulated Industry Subcommittee. FACT did oppose the bill in uh, committee. The link bill, Senate Bill 996, which is fees, pet store license by Senator Diaz, also passed favorably. Both bills are set to move to the Committee Affairs Committee. In the entertainment industry, we saw Senate Bill 946 by Senator Gruders pass. FAC waived in support of the bill in committee, and it is now moving to the Senate Finance and Tax. For an environmental highlight, Senate Bill 228, the Resilience Energy Environment Florida Programs Bill by Senator Rodriguez passed in the Senate, which adds consumer protections for the PACE program. Lastly, the Senate Regulatory Industries Committee considered and unanimously passed Senate Bill 512 by Senator Burgess relating to vacation rentals. So this bill is going to preempt the licensing of vacation rentals to the state. There are also various affordable housing bills heard in this first committee stop this week and several other bills impacting counties. So for the full rundown, check out our legislative bulletin sent out later today. Man, on time. That's perfect, Jeff. Wow. Out of the park. Yeah. Shiloh, that was very well done. Thank you, thank you. And I, I like your theme music, too. Uh, that's pretty, I that's wonder, a good touch. Yeah, I wonder who found that. Man. All right. Man, Milan, that's a lot of pressure for later on. I know this is your first time. But before then, you know, we got to get into the meat of it. As Shiloh said, everybody, a lot of everything, the detail that went on this week will be in our legislative bulletin. You know, this is sort of to give you some behind the scenes, um, a little bit more insight from our perspective as we are on the street here. Um, this is Eddie's favorite segment coming up, but I'm going to give Eddie some time to get his thoughts together. I'm going to start with Jeff, but we call this segment one big thing. I'm going to rename it like OBT, you know, but if you ever been to Orange County, I'm not talking about Orange Blossom Trail. Okay. I just, we're talking about OBT is one big thing. So, you know, Jeff, I think the people want to hear your one big thing. And my one big thing happened in Senate TED this week. The Department of Economic Opportunities new undersecretary, Ben Melnick, gave a presentation on broadband. There was a, a bunch of updates. They unveiled the new uh, broadband map, which came back fairly underwhelming, not really showing exactly where we uh, have un underserved and unserved in the state, but he was able to update the committee on the federal funds that are coming down. Uh, we're going to be seeing how much. Uh, right now we know that there's $366 million in the capital projects fund. The legislature will be in session and hopefully allocating those dollars and getting down to counties, maybe through some technical assistance grants. And he gave an update on local technology planning teams. Uh, there are over 30 counties already participating in this process showing where they can assess and uh, the need in their community for broadband uh, but 
that's as far as the committee. There are two sets of bills that we're following and tracking this year. One, our Senate Bill 1800 and House Bill 1543, which is on a poll replacement program. There's $100 million from that Capital Projects Fund uh, it, from ARPA that will gear, mo- gear money to replacing uh, existing polls to extend broadband deployment in unserved areas. The other bill, Senate Bill 1726 by Senator Osley, um, has a task force, a statewide task force, which the Florida Association counties will be participating in. It does have uh, some cleanup language for the Opportunity Grants program that we discussed a whole lot last year. And it has seven FTEs for the Office of Broadband. We're talking about $366 million. They might be seeing over $2 billion come down from the Fed. So we know the Office of Broadband needs more help. We, we've been trying to help them through our county champions, Access 67 County Champions Program, and those local technology planning teams. Stay tuned. There's going to be a lot more to come this session in broadband. Thank you, Jeff. That's pretty good. First one of the year. And you actually finished on time. Eddie, I hope you notice that. Jeff's gotten good. I think he's been practicing. All right. Eddie, I'm still going to give you some time to wait. Because, Bob, I know that people want to hear your one big thing. All right. The one big thing in uh, my issue areas uh, this week was House Bill 5 Six, nine by Representative McClure. Uh, it's the companion to Senate Bill 620 by Hudson, um, and the bills are the mother of all preemptions. These are the bills that require uh, local government to pay business damages if, the, um, if they enact or amend a local ordinance that a business believes will, has, or may um, impact their revenues or profits by more than 15%. The House bill was heard yes, uh, Thursday in the House Civil Justice and Property Rights Committee. Um, the bill was amended. In the amendment, they clarified that in order to be able to assert business damage or claim business damages, the business had to be doing business, lawful business in the state for the three years immediately preceding the enactment of the ordinance. Previously, it was any three years, could have been in the 1800s, but they amended it to make it clear it has to be three years preceding the enactment of the ordinance. They also revised the bill, so now it's only a 15% loss of profit. There's no longer revenue test in the bill, and they did expand the ordinances uh, types of ordinances to which the ability to claim business damages does not apply. The companion Senate Bill 620 did have some action, even though it was not heard last week, in that it was withdrawn from its second committee of reference um, the day before session. And so now instead of going to the Rules Commission, then the, uh, the Rules Committee and then to Appropriations, it now goes straight to appropriations. It's likely to be heard next week and uh, be ready for the floor in week three. The House bill, when it was heard yesterday, I did speak against the bill. I pointed out to the committee members that they're adding 1,700 words to statute. 1,120 of those words are about how to charge 
uh, and measure attorney's fees to be paid by the local government to cover the costs of the business suing the local government. I also pointed out to the committee that the number of words in the bill that discussed or explained the type of evidence that was necessary for the business to prove that, in fact, the local government's action caused their loss and the number of words that described how a local government or a court is supposed to measure the business damages to be paid is zero. Wait a second, Bob. That that kind of sounds like a mic drop moment. Bob, did you drop the mic in committee? Well, we know we saw some eyebrows I, raised, some jaws dropping in that committee up on the dais. Yeah, I, I got two text messages with video recordings of you, Bob. <laughs> Bob. I uh, I was certain to tell them that we don't, that local counties do not look to tax their business and homeowners in order to pay other businesses who might not even be in their county to sue them for doing the things that their local communities want them to do. Well, good job. Hold your hand up like you're dropping the mic. Just drop the mic right now, Bob. Drop it. Man. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. Eddie. All right. You got a tough act to follow, Eddie. Eddie, are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> All right. The people want to hear your... My one big thing uh, this week is uh, Senate Bill 280, dealing with local ordinances. Uh, This bill has three parts to it. One, it uh, provides for an award of attorney fees and costs and damages when a local ordinance is successfully challenged uh, on the grounds that it's arbitrary or unreasonable. And um, the second part is requiring all ordinances enacted by counties to uh, have prepared ahead of time a business impact estimate. And uh, lastly, it authorizes challenges against local ordinances and provides for an automatic stay if uh, the lawsuit is filed within a certain time frame. It uh, requests the suspension of the ordinance and the complaint is served upon the local government. Now, the committee, the Community Affairs Committee, uh, considered the bill on Wednesday. And uh, before approving the bill, it made, uh, it took up a strike all amendment, which made some changes based upon discussions that fact the league uh, and uh, some others have had with um, with Senator Hudson about the bill, and uh, and we got about fifty to sixty percent of what we had asked for. Game on! Game on! Hey, Eddie, <laughs> thank you. I'm gonna get a game on sound effect because that's like gonna be your thing. Don't we have that on your door right there? Game on! You already said that. We, don't we, we have it on the door. Yeah, that was a uh, mic drop moment during committee week. Eddie, as always, very thorough. Um, I hope the people get to hear all of that. Maybe not. I might edit some of that. So, uh, all right. Now we're getting to the segment that 
all of America has been waiting on. You know, the last person who had this segment got a promotion, doubled the salary, and left us high and dry. Like, in the middle, like, after episode five, she was, was gone. gone. Yeah. So, the people who have been waiting. Jeff, you know what they've been waiting for? No. This week's data point in today's legislative bulletin will be on the escalating crisis in correctional facilities. The Florida Department of Corrections currently employs nearly 18,354 workers to supervise approximately 80,000 inmates. Over the past couple of years, the department has struggled with filing filling vacancies for correctional officers. Specifically, the statewide correctional officer surveys vacancy rate increased from 4.95% in 2015 to 14.59% in 2020, and then to 28.46% in late 2021. This 14% increase from 2020 to 2021 can be attributed to several critical issues, including but not limited to aging prisons, limited funding, and employee attrition and turnover rates. The Department of Corrections has made recent strides to mitigate employee attrition by strategically closing facilities, offering housing bonuses, and hiring part-time certified officers. According to Deputy Dixon's testimony, the department is still struggling with providing relief to its overworked and underpaid correctional officers. The current starting correctional officer salary is $33,500, and the Florida Department of Corrections is proposing an increase to $38,750. To address these concerns, Governor Ron DeSantis has recommended a $124.2 million to increase the Department of Correctional's base rate of pay to $20 per hour for a specified correctional officer, correctional probation officer, and inspector positions, and, as, and a $15.9 million for the Department of Corrections to implement a retention plan for correctional officers, correctional probation officers, and inspectors in his in his Freedom First budget this year. For more information, please refer to today's legislative bulletin. That's awesome. Awesome, awesome. Before we go, I know you wanted to give some shout-outs as well to a couple people. Yes, this week's star of the week will be Palm Beach County. We kicked off legislative session this week with their county days being held on January 11th and January 12th. We saw a lot of Palm Beach commissioner, Palm Beach County commissioners up here working the Capitol, ha- having a good time around the Capitol as well. Yeah, no, I went out and Jeff, I saw you and Bob working hard. You got your beats. Did everybody get their beats? We got our beats. Have yeah. to have the beats. Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm like year 10 now. I got beats 10 years. Shiloh, you got to get your beat game up. Collection. Yeah, I know. One All down. Right. I don't know how many more to go. All right. And so, yeah, no, a big shout out to a lot of people from Palm Beach County because half of them will be coming right back and for next week. Milan, what's going on next week? Next week, we will start the week off with Broward County Day on January 18th. And then we have Indian River, St. Lucie, and Martin County will have their county day the same day as FACT's Legislative Day, which will be held next Wednesday, January 19th at the AC Marriott Hotel in Leon County. We will kick off at 9 o'clock. And then we also have the 2022 NACO Legislative Conference, which will be held February 12th through the 16th in Washington, D.C. All right. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, Southeast Florida. I mean. Treasure Coast. It's what we do. Hopefully a lot of people up, a lot of fun. And also, guys, don't forget, Milan has worked hard at planning a great legislative day program. Um, 
think we're gonna have a nice little reception too later that evening back at the AC. I think it's at five thirty. I know we sent a lot of invitations out, but hope to see people there. Hope we get to town safely. Hope the weather is accommodating. Um, all right. It's time to get out of here. We've occupied you long enough. So um, just as we go, folks, Eddie, I know you're still there. Jeff, Milan, Silo, anything we need to stay tuned for, let the people know about for next week. One week down, you know, Eddie, uh, we're going to be seeing the, the mother of all preemptions. Maybe it's up next week in Senate appropriations. I know they've been saying it's trying to get to the floor by week three. What are you hearing, Eddie? Uh, well, let me just mention that uh, Senate Bill 280, the reference to judiciary has been removed and it next goes to rules. Uh, I would expect, even though the schedule is not out, but uh, Civil Justice and Property Rights Subcommittee in the House is meeting on the 19th, and I would expect Senate, uh, House Bill 403, the companion to Senate Bill 280, to be up next week. Okay. All right. And um, I know in talking to Bob that uh, either 620 or 569, expect them, same thing, next week, probably next Thursday in the Senate and appropriations as they try to hit the week three deadline on the floor as well. So it could all be coming together. They want to move big bills. We'll have big numbers. So let's see what happens, um, and we'll be ready. Um, Milan or Shiloh, you have any parting words this week? People? Oh, yes, because as well as next Thursday, it will be Facts Innovation first Facts Innovation Day here in Leon County. All right. Yeah. And I think it's sold out, right? It you is know? sold out. All right. Jeff, maybe you might be able to get a little bonus because we made some money from this Innovation Day. But we encourage commissioners to come out. Leon County does a good job and they do a lot of cool stuff up here. So they love to share. So, um, Shiloh, you want to stay? Keep working for us? Uh, I have to get back to you. Okay. All right. I know one weekend, you, you know, <laughs> and I know you're working with Jeff on that stuff. So um, it's tough, but I like you. So I want you to stay. It is. Okay. I like the way you did the rundown. So, all right. As we get out of here, I don't have too much commentary or editorial stuff. It's just one weekend. Like I said, I'm already pissed off. That's probably not going to change. Um, it's just one of those years heading into election year. Um, but I will re- remind everybody why we do what we do, and it's that it's not the critic who counts. It's not the person who points out how the strong person stumbles, where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the person who is actually in the arena. And that's all of you at FAC, uh, the county commissioners, county staff. Um, this is why we do what we do. Um, it's for you guys to help you serve the 21 million people in Florida. So we appreciate you. We want everybody to be a little fackish on Friday here and get some relaxation and um, we'll be back next week.